This is your station. But what am I actually doing here? I'm not going to tell you. Don't worry. You're going to figure it out. The last time I saw him, he was headed toward Debs. And then he disappears. Something bad happened to him. You know what happened to him. If you came for answers, ask me what you don't know. What is Debs? This is the only principle you need to understand. Nothing ever happens without a reason. Everything was determined by something prior. They're fanatics. We need the police. You want to take them down? It's impossible. You knew I was going to come here. The sense that you were participating in life was only ever an illusion. Life is just something we watch unfold. What's inside? Everything. Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly podcast discussion of all things film and television. My name is Jeff Zhang. And with me today, I'm Amir Toure. And this is Derek Wong. This week, we are going to talk about a new series by one of our favorite directors. If you guys remember from a couple weeks ago when we did our top 25 of the last decade, we talked about a particular director and a particular piece of his work, which was Ex Machina. You know, me and Amir both had it in our top 25s, and Jeff was regretting not putting it on his <laughs> but yeah I, I i think you came across that we clearly love this movie and this director and so we were very very excited to delve into this new series that he has on fx on hulu i guess it's not just on fx it's on fx on hulu so i don't know what that means i think it means you only can watch it on hulu uh but we're talking about alex garland's devs it was confusing because a lot of people I saw on social media is like, oh, where can I watch this? I don't know. It's like, yeah, because I saw all these commercials on FX. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then realizing I think it's only on Hulu, especially because of the language. Yeah. And I don't think I've seen it actually on TV. I think it's just on the streaming platform. But a lot of people yeah, were confused. Yeah. They were like, where can I watch this? And they just had no idea. It wasn't super clear in the marketing either. So, but you can only watch it on Hulu and. Should we get into it? I mean, yeah, yeah. Let me give a brief synopsis. Well, let me read this one that I found. A computer engineer investigates secretive development division in her company, which she believes is behind the disappearance of her boyfriend. That's the general premise. I mean, that's what's really set up in the first episode. The main character, of course, being played by Sonia Mitsuno, uh, who is the, you know, the person kind of investigating her boyfriend's death. The character of Sergei, played by Carl Glusman? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. And, you know, the other stars of the show, uh, probably the biggest star of the show that you might recognize is uh, Nick Offerman, who plays the president and, and CEO, I guess, of the company. 
and his name is Forrest. And then you also uh, might recognize Allison Pill, who's kind of the right-hand person. We've seen a lot of Allison Pill lately because she was on yeah. Star yeah. Trek Picard, too, playing a similar yeah. kind of role. So, a like, very uh, similar kind of role, yeah. 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 Creepy scientist. I mean, you guys are obviously familiar with Alex Garland's work, right? Um, you've seen Ex Machina. Have both of you seen Annihilation? So I haven't. Oh, you haven't seen it. Okay. I have. I have. And you would think like this is his only work, but his stuff goes back a long time. He actually was a sci-fi novelist. Oh. And he transitioned into film. So he actually was a writer for the 2002 horror movie, 28 Days Later. Oh. Get out. And he also was a writer for Sunshine, the Danny Boyle sci-fi movie, where they have to reignite the sun. Oh, nice. Okay. But I think the big thing was he was the writer on Dread, uh, the Judge Dread reboot from 2012 with Carl Urban. I like that movie. Is that the good one? That was the good yeah. one. Yeah. Right. That was yeah, the good yeah. One. Okay. <laughs> that movie rules. I love that movie. And obviously his big two uh, directoral efforts are Ex Machina and Annihilation. And I really like how he mixes like big, heady, macro sci-fi themes with like more intimate stories right because like ex machina is about like the singularity and like artificial intelligence but it's also about like control and manipulation and like individuality you know Mm -hmm. and annihilation is the same way it's about natalie portman like exploring unknown cosmic anomaly but in the end it's about like self-destruction and mutation yeah i just like the interplay of like the big and the small you know and this this show is the same it's the same way, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think? No, I, I definitely agree. The thing I see a lot from his work, or at least the two big works that he's directed, is this idea of um, free will, right? You know, especially with Ex Machina. I mean, that's the thing that really drew me to that that piece. And this is the same, right? I, I think there's definitely a setup for it, especially with the tech being kind of this predictive tech that I think later, I mean, we're talking speculation here a little bit, kind of will lead to more maybe a a clairvoyancy where it's starting to see into the future rather than just looking into the past. I think those are the types of things that he really likes to kind of explore. And I'm I'm all for it. I'm I'm definitely really enjoying the series so far and really looking forward to seeing where this goes. Amir, what did you think? We all watched the first three episodes, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I have anything to add to what you guys are talking about broader themes, but I am really enjoying the series, so maybe we'll get a little more into it when we get down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah. Um, So, like, the big criticism that I see is that people think it's too slow, that it's such a slow drip, and it parcels out information so slowly, but I actually don't get that feeling at all. I disagree on that one. I, I you do think, feel it. I do you feel, feel it. it? Um, you feel it? Okay. Yeah. Ep3 especially felt a sort of a downshifting. And I do feel like I would like a more explicit idea of the main science fictional premise. Like, I don't know if we're served very well as an audience by being kept in the dark. I understand the characters being. But I think it would be cool if we knew so that we could start thinking about the implications um, in a more concrete way as opposed to just like well it really could be anything it still at this point could be anything or do anything or mean anything even though they've given us some kind of broad parameters i would like things to be a little more nailed down on the science fictional premise so we could start to think about it right like ex machina the stakes were clear is this the development of ai or not and so then you can just like immediately your mind starts racing and like you know turning around on that and the whole thing 
can turn around that point and it's something you understand. But like here, the stakes are very unclear. Right. Because you don't know exactly what the technology is and what it can do. Yeah. I do feel also like episode three was a bit slower than the first two. Yeah, I would agree on that. I would agree on that, that front. So like just to give people a gist of the plot. So the series starts off from the POV of Sergei, not Lily, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't know any of the marketing material or if you haven't read the synopsis, then you would think like, oh, this is about Sergei and he's inducted into the super secretive devs program at Forrest's company called Amaya. Devs isn't the name of the company. Devs is just the division of Amaya, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Amaya is, I'm, I'm assuming Amaya is the name of his late daughter, right? In the first episode, he does a demonstration with predictive quantum computing, I'm assuming, where he's predicting the movements of a nematode, right? Where it's like, a super simple organism and he's predicting its future movements and and Forrest is really impressed with how the demonstration goes so he invites him to be a part of this super secretive devs team and then when he joins we're gonna be talking spoilers so yes when he's like going through the code that they tell him to go through I feel like a lot of people didn't understand this where he goes to the bathroom and he throws up a lot of people thought that it was him being nervous that he was actually, like, spying for the Russians. But I bought it as him seeing something so groundbreaking that it, like, completely fucked up his mind, right? I think that's... So, yeah, I initially thought it was something so groundbreaking it fucked up his mind, and I thought that was a really... That was my initial thing, too, yeah. I thought it was really effectively done, too, because the sound design is so great in the show. Yeah, so, you know, the camera's really pulled back. Uh, you're seeing his face. You're seeing him react. You're seeing him even vomit, but you don't get any sound. And then the camera pulls in, and the sound comes back in, and you hear him just retching. And it, it was really yeah, well done. Yeah. Really, really good. But, no, I totally bought that he saw something in the code that he's like, wow, this is going to change everything sort of thing. But then maybe in retrospect, maybe it's both. Because at that point, I didn't know he was a spy. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> maybe it's, so maybe that it's vomiting fun. might really mean two things. Like, you know, I've successfully completed my spying and also... Uh... Yeah, so he goes back to the station and he records the code that's on his monitor with his watch. It's got, like, mm-hmm. some James Bond gadget that's shit. Some James right? Bond shit going on, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, uh, when he leaves, Forrest catches him and then his head of security, played by uh, Zach Grenier, he, he murders him, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great scene too it was it, was a, it came as a pretty big shock shocking I, I, yeah. yeah oh yeah i thought he was yeah. like the, the lead because i didn't read anything about the show before i watched it i just knew it was alex garland's new show so i knew he wasn't the lead but i was i was expecting this dumpy white guy to like murder him explicitly on screen yeah, yeah. i thought it might be like a capture and or i thought there'd just be like a cut away and you're like oh what happened to sergey yeah, you know, yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we know what happened to sergey <laughs> That they're not keeping secret. That was <laughs> also. Can we talk about how great Nick Offerman is in this? Yeah, he's yeah. he's awesome. so good in this. He obviously sanctioned his murder, but I find him very, very likable. Yeah, he's incredibly likable, which is I think really good, right? Because then it makes him like it makes you see why people would follow this guy as opposed to just like oh he's like some douchey tech genius. Why would everyone ever do what this guy I think? He's so creepy and off putting or whatever. But it's like no, he's 
of like a visionary and a genius and people believe in him and people like him because it doesn't seem like he necessarily wants to murder sergey you know i feel like it's kind of this thing he realizes and his head of security realizes this is what we're gonna have to do yeah even then like you know in in episode three it's like nothing's gonna happen to lily right like he's you know (laughs) it's almost like you know it might have been Kenton's idea to murder murder Sergey versus uh, Nick Offerman's character, and then Nick Offerman just kind of goes with it, right? I, I get yeah. that feeling. Well, it's interesting because after Sergey's murdered, he has that talk with uh, Allison Pill's character about how difficult it is to do that, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Yeah, you know, it, it shouldn't be hard, but it is," which I thought was really interesting, uh, touching on the free will thing. Um, yeah. You know, um, he explains to Sergey before he kills him that uh, you know the universe is completely deterministic, and every action is uh, the product of uh, preceding action or reaction or something. So the, the universe is completely deterministic. There's no real such thing as free will. So we were predestined to do the things that we end up doing. So because of that, he feels he gives Sergei uh, absolution and forgiveness for betraying him. But yeah. he also absolves himself from the guilt of murdering him. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but imperfectly, right? Because, you know, even though he, he knows yeah. intellectually, the truth is there was no way uh, he could ever have done anything different according to his own philosophy um, or how he believes the world works in terms of physics, he still has all the societal programming and the genetic programming, whatever, that makes you react in horror when you kill someone if you're like a normal person psychologically. So, yeah, we've gotten through Sergei dying, right? Do you want to keep going, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to recap the whole thing, but then it shifts to his girlfriend's perspective, played by uh, Sonoya Mizuno, right? Um, She's been in a bunch of Alex Garland's stuff she was in Ex Machina. She was the other android other than Alicia Vikander. And she was one of the students in Annihilation. Other criticism of this show was that people didn't really take to her acting abilities. Oh, I fucking love her. Oh, you love her. You think she's really good. Yeah. I thought it was a little shaky for me at first. And then episode three, I was like, uh-oh, this is really bad. But then, like, it was all an act, her little uh, performance for uh, the head of security, right? So I was like, by the end of the episode, I was like totally on board with Sonia Mizuno's performance. I thought it was really good. I I think I might actually have to agree with some of the other people saying that her acting isn't the best. I mean, I agree with you, Jeff, that I think the first couple episodes, she's a little stiff to me. A little stiff. I think so, too. A little bit. Yeah, especially the moments where it's supposed to be quiet and it's really just her, you know, monologuing or her, you know, talking. It just doesn't come off as the emotional weight isn't there for someone who I think is supposed to be grieving and and wanting. But she lands the big emotional moments, though. She does. Yeah, Yeah, those are the ones that count and she lands them. And yeah, I think that's that's really good. Yeah, I'm on the other end of that one. She didn't bug me at all in one and two. And then I think she really... um... She really clapped back at the haters in episode three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I think she um, showed her mettle in that episode with what she did there. Yeah, no, she didn't bug me. I feel like maybe I just wrote the stiffness off as being part of the character she's playing. Like, she is supposed to be, I don't know, this weird nerd. So I, like, I kind of, I don't know, maybe I just... Part of her, like, social awkwardness. Yeah, I thought it was sort bit. of yeah, who yeah, yeah. she is. I, I can see that. So, like, the big twist at the end of the first episode is that... Well, it's not a twist, because we know that Sergei's dead, but... They doctor footage of him immolating himself on the steps of 
the Amaya campus. That's crazy. He's like, he like walks on the security camera footage and then like he douses himself in gasoline. Like a priest protesting the Vietnam War. Yeah, exactly. Who does that? I also didn't think he was actually going to be a Russian agent. I mean, he still could. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah, but he actually was, at, at least as far as we know right now, right? Because yeah, he has like I, I a thought, Russian handler and everything. I thought that was a very cool anti-twist. Like, in, like at first, you think uh, Forrest and Kenton are just making that up as like a twist. Yeah, they're like something. framing him as like a yeah, Russian they're like framing alien. him up. But like, nah, he, he actually, it looks like at this point he actually was, which is cool and makes sense. And that's really neat. Also, rest in peace, uh, his russian handler a- anton <laughs> yeah, yeah. r.i.p yeah. R- 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 anton yeah man kenton's uh building up quite the body count i know kenton's this sort of dumpy uh middle-aged white guy and he's yeah, he's, do- yeah. he's doing that wet work and uh yeah it's it's shocking every time yeah i love that actor by the way zach Grenier. he's in like he's always playing like a snake i feel he's, he's in a ton of shit yeah yeah he's in uh the good wife as a really scuzzy uh divorce lawyer he's really great in that too I've been following his work for a while. But uh, I guess we should pivot, right? Because what do you guys know about like quantum physics? <laughs> a little. A little. Not not that much. And I'm not an expert, but like I understand the idea of like, a qubit and like, that yeah. kind of thing. Like, and like, they clearly talked to somebody who knew what they were doing, um, uh-huh. just in general. Because um, not just on the quantum physics, but on a bunch of things. Because there's a lot of little touches that I like that seemed authentic to me. And I'm not from the Bay, so you can comment maybe a little more on this, Derek. Uh, but I there's can't. a couple things that... Okay, <laughs> can't All right, good. Great. So I can speak completely uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. at will without ever being corrected. So uh, there's a couple things that struck me as accurate. One, the homeless guy... At the oh door. yeah, in San it's very, it's very yeah, San Fran. Yeah. That sort of like high low class stratification, like living right next to each other thing, mm-hmm. um, is one thing. There's you know homeless people everywhere in San Francisco. Though apparently the situation is quite bad. That struck me as like sort of pulled from the headlines. Um, the other thing that I think they got right was the Amaya buses. I thought that was really cool because that's definitely mm-hmm. something they do in the Silicon Valley area. Is they bus you to your job or whatever because yep. no one can afford to live like you know right there or whatever. So I thought that yeah, was cool yeah. too. And uh, there's a couple little other, like, science-y things I thought they got right, like the nematode as the model organism for the um, neural predictive thing I thought was really cool. Um, that's definitely a, a dead-on science, but nematodes are definitely used in a lot of neuroscience because their nervous system is so small for, like, a lot of neuronal mapping programs and stuff. That was also very cool. So the point of the nematode is, like, it's the simplest organism with a neural network, I guess. Is that is that what it is? That's the basic idea, yeah. And so because it's, you know, only 300 neurons or whatever, you can, like, map them out and get the connections. So, you know, yeah. you have the whole, you know, connectome or whatever. Do you want to explain what a qubit is? Because they, <laughs> right. they mentioned that a lot All on right. the show. I'll do my best. Uh, so I think a qubit is... Uh, so a bit is... Uh, a digit's either represents a 1 or 0, an on or off, a, a binary code. But a qubit isn't 1 or 0. It's, you know, infinite number of seats between 1 and 0. So all, all at the same time. So it's a, it's a superposition of states. Um, so it's not one or zero. It's like one and zero at the same time and all numbers in between. So that's sort of the basis of a quantum computer. So a normal computer runs on bits and a quantum computer runs on qubits. Interesting. So like, I'm not sure that conveys the importance of the quantum computer. The idea behind a quantum computer is like because of that superposition of states, it allows you to perform certain kinds of calculations far faster than you'd be able to do um, in a normal computer. So the idea of a quantum computer is revolutionary, like especially in something like like encryption, 
things that are computationally intractable with normal computers where you have to go through, like, where you have to brute force crunch through every number or whatever are, like, could theoretically be very tractable with a quantum computer. So because of that, quantum computing is like kind of a holy grail, right? It's sort of like the next evolution of computing is the idea. Is the idea on this show they have a quantum computer that's doing all of this? So the idea in this show, it looks like what they have is they have a quantum computer. See, this is where like the technology, this is where things get a little fuzzy. But apparently they're using the quantum computer to like, when you say the universe is deterministic, what you're saying is that it's like uh, a game of pool or billiards in that like, one particle hits another particle, hits another particle, and causes a chain reaction. And so if you're saying the universe is completely deterministic, you're saying that everything in the world is like that. There's no such thing as free will. Your actions are completely predetermined by whatever the molecules uh, one second ago were doing. That's what you're going to do. You know, they determine what you're going to do now, and then what you do now determines what you're going to do a second from now, etc. So there's never really any place for free will to get in there and get in between things. And so the idea is that if the universe is completely deterministic and we can use the quantum computer to know the state of all the particles now, we can use it to back project and figure out exactly what was happening beforehand in history. And so that's how they can use the computer to like look at like particular scenes in history based on knowing the position of things now. Mm-hmm. So that's like sort of how it's supposed to work. And in the same vein, you can you could look into the future as well or apparently yeah that, that seems to be the implication uh, and uh, i wouldn't see why you wouldn't be able to do that right uh, and, and, and it seems like they can and there's just a rule against doing it so i thought all the depiction of the devs program was like really interesting i thought it was like when whenever they're like exploring like scenes from the past you, you have like the first one we see is the crucifixion of jesus right mm-hmm. and then in later episodes it's like other scenes you have like abraham lincoln's gettysburg address you have uh, Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc. Marilyn Monroe having Monroe, sex with Arthur Miller. Arthur Miller. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting. I, I love the chemistry between like the coders there. So what's the mind-blowing thing that Sergei witnesses on the computer that blows his mind? It's It's that the universe is deterministic? Or is it like confirmation of like simulation theory because that's what i read as well yeah i saw people were thinking that that's what it was i don't know maybe i thought it was yeah confirmation the universe is completely deterministic and that you could use this computer to like know any fact in history and also project the future perfectly so wait on the show have they established that they can see the future yet um yeah uh, sort of obliquely we don't you don't see them doing it but one of uh, Allison Pill's rules is, like, don't look into the future, which implies that you can. You're just not supposed to. Rule one is, like, we don't look into the future. And then rule two is, like, we don't invade people's privacy, yeah. right? Yeah. There'd be no rule against it if you couldn't do it. Then it begs the question, then, did they know about Sergey because of the technology? Like, how did uh, – that's one thing I, I wasn't clear. How did they know about Sergey? I think it's supposed to be unclear. Yeah, we don't know. I think – but it's possible. I think it's, it's implied that Allison Pill at least has looked into the future, right? Yeah. Because she chastises the coders on, like, not following the rules or whatever. And then after she leaves, one of the coders is like, oh, her telling us about obeying the rules and he's scoffing. So mm. it sounds like she's broken one of the rules and most likely the rule is don't look at the future, not, you know, don't preclude his privacy. Yeah. So, okay, so it is plausible that that they they looked and saw that Sergei was a traitor and that's what they reacted to? Could be, yeah. Maybe they just, like, caught him on camera or some shit. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, did they say there's no cameras in there? 
They say that, but who the fuck knows? Yeah, Dude, they murdered the guy. Like, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like their adherence to, like, uh, OSHA regulations is not exactly... going to be 100%. Another thing that I read was that they knew that Sergei was a mole or, like, a Russian spy. Even before they invited him? Yeah, and they wanted to invite him just to, like, uh, prove that the machine works mm. and, like, that the universe is deterministic or whatever, or, like, if he could change what was about to happen. So I don't know. That could be the case, too. And I thought it was interesting that the whole devs... First of all, the production design on the show is incredible. Amazing. Like, the devs yeah. facility, how the it's, cube. like, completely, like, isolated by electromagnets. It's a very um, Borg cube. Very, very Magneto's yeah. jail. Magneto's yeah, jail plus Magneto's, Borg cube. Magneto's yeah. jail, yeah. Um, although, one thing about the devs, uh, like, facility that did bug me, dude... Or what person who works in front of computers only has one screen? That's true. It's very true. true. That is that very, was like very true. super unrealistic. I was like, all right, that's dumb. But awesome. other than that, they did a good job. I also like that very first episode. I was like, Nick, offer me. Can you not take a shower like once in a while? <laughs> it was just like so greasy. I was just like, come on, man. <laughs> Their whole facility is isolated, right? In like an electromagnetic field. Is that to like negate the effects of like the observer effect is that what, what it's doing or i'm not i'm not exactly yeah, sure I'm not, I'm why not it sure needs either. to be you know, we don't really know exactly what's going on so it's hard to say because if you're going into like time travel stuff then like i feel like the observer effect really has like an effect so, like, on the show right because so, like this is another thing too where like um they're dipping their tone to science a little bit where uh, Nick Offerman's character is like, oh, I don't really hold with the many worlds hypothesis. Yeah, yeah, the multiverse or whatever. Yeah. yeah, so like, I feel like maybe that was a hint that that's actually what they are doing. I don't know, maybe not. I mean, but it could that's be this direction, or, yeah. That's kind of where my mind went, is that maybe, like, you know, maybe the revelation was the revelation of multiple universes, and their ability to kind of go back and forth between them. I don't know. Sorry, can you, can you explain this observer effect that you're talking about? I think the idea behind it, let me see if I can explain this properly, is that... Um, so if you have, like, for example, like a qubit that's, like, uh, in a superposition of states between 0 and 1, so it's not either 1 or 0, it's both simultaneously, um, you have to get it to um, resolve from that superposition and cohere into either one or the other. Um, the idea is that observing it will cause it to either become the 1 or the 0. Um, this was, like, the Schrodinger's cat thing. Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys say. remember that from, like, high school. Mm-hmm. So, like, the idea is that, like... Oh, boy. <laughs> so... Because I know I'm going to explain this incorrectly and feel like an idiot later, but, like, the idea is that, like, if you have a cat in a box and, like, you expose it to radiation or something that's going to kill it, um, like, the radiation decay is at a quantum event. So it either happens or doesn't happen, but you don't know if it's happened or hasn't happened until you open the box and check to see if the cat uh, is dead or not, right? So... Checking to see if the cat is dead or not, like... Makes it flip collapses. to zero to one, right? Right, You're so saying. it, like, collapses the waveform, quote-unquote. And so it establishes the idea of, like, this interpretation of uh, quantum mechanics. So, basically, there's, like, a couple of different interpretations of quantum mechanics. And so, like, one of them is, I guess, the Copenhagen interpretation. And I guess the idea is that physical symptoms don't have any kind of, like, property before you measure them. And so you can use quantum mechanics to predict the probability, like a, a range of possible results. But then once you measure the system, um, you actually affect the system and cause the waveform to collapse. And then and you cause all the sets of probabilities to reduce to actually just one set of possible values. So that's like, that's like one of the interpretations. 
Um, that probably doesn't make any sense, but, <laughs> but um, hopefully it's... I'm confused still. <laughs> we can provide some more, like, reading material, too, because... Yeah, it's definitely a reading um, material thing. I would have to go read about it, to be honest. So I don't know if, like, this makes any sense, but, like, if you're talking about, like, time travel, right? If you see your own future and then you want to prevent it, the fact that you observed your own future is changing what's going to happen to you, right? So is that is that why she says to only observe the past? That could be. That Dude, could who be. knows? I mean, like, we also don't know enough about what the hell they're talking about to even, like, say any of this. Like, is time travel even involved? Like, what are they doing? Who knows? It's all very unclear, which I think is fine. But, like, I feel like that's why I feel like we would benefit more from knowing a little bit more about what the hell they're trying to get at. But, like, switching gears, I think the character that I most identify with was... Uh, is Lily's ex-boyfriend. <laughs> I don't know. He's such a nice dude, I feel. He's a yeah, very, right? He's super nice. He's a very compelling character. He's very um, compelling. His first reaction was like my reaction. He was like, so you want me to investigate the disappearance of your boyfriend that you left me for? Uh, with all due respect, Lily, uh, fuck off or whatever. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, only I what I good, would be like, too. I thought that was a good move, yeah. But, yeah. Um, um, yeah. yeah, I love that she keeps putting him in very awkward situations. Like, wait, you want me to watch the video of your ex-boyfriend killing him? Set himself on fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is a weird relationship, but he's a good yeah. guy for doing all these things. Yeah, I feel uh, like, unfortunately, he's still got it bad. And, uh, yeah, he does. Still holding yeah, that torch, yeah. huh? Yeah, he is. You could, yeah, you can tell because, uh, you know, like someone shows up at your house climbing through your window twice and starts getting involved in spy shit and asking you to do all kinds of weird shit. You don't just do that for anybody. Yeah. So he, he's like, "This is how you're coming into my house now, right? You're just coming through the window every night." Yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird shit. He's still hooked. Also, I was shocked by how shoddy their, uh, like after effects flame effects on <laughs> right <laughs> on, yeah that was a little goofy let's little just goofy. duplicate the flame <laughs> yeah, that was a- they never knew that lily was gonna steal the file right they were just gonna yeah. show it on the monitor they never knew that she was actually gonna steal the file and have uh her ex-boyfriend analyze it right um yeah it was weird though because he analyzed it like with his eyes like i feel like that's something that yeah. you need to like run through a program and be like, oh, they clearly like copied this, like, whatever, this pixel or whatever. But he just looked yeah, at it and was like, yeah, oh, yeah. that looks funny. <laughs> clearly killed your boyfriend. Like, I feel like that's uh, a little too easy. I yeah, don't know. It's a little easy. So, I mean, I guess then the question is, where do you guys think this series is going? I still think that the, the character of Amaya has something to do with this, right? I mean, Nick Offerman is definitely very hung up on, you know, the death of his daughter. He has this giant statue <laughs> incredibly creepy giant statue yeah doll-like statue on his campus like i can't the end of episode three in at night with like the the lights lighting up its face from below yeah from below so creepy it's like demonic yeah Yeah. i have to i mean he also uses the i mean there we do see the scene where they use the predictor whatever you want to call it to look at amaya right because there's that scene where it that's her right at sitting in her her bed i mean his end game can't be just to like watch her right it's got to be something else i think uh yeah I started to think about this a little bit. Like, what if what if it's something like, if you know their past and you also know someone's future, could you recreate someone? Yeah. So, like, maybe that's his end game is to somehow recreate his daughter? It could be. Yeah. It just seems like his daughter is is the, the key to his motive. Yeah, I agree. Like, he's definitely 
up to something. I was going to say maybe, like, finding an alternate world where his daughter still exists or something. Like, another thing is, like, it could be, like, a confirmation of, like, the the simulation theory, right? Because, like, if they're just in a simulation, then his daughter is a simulation, and all she is is a bunch of data points, right? And if he can collect all the data points and, like, reconstitute her, right, or something like that, that might be... I feel like that's a little more, like, Alex Garland's speed, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because you don't really see simulation theory, like, in pop culture that often. I mean, I guess The Matrix, right? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) the biggest. (laughs) That's the big one. Okay, yeah, so I I, I definitely could see all of these things potentially happening. Have you guys um, watched some of the trailers for this? No, okay. I haven't watched nope. any of the trailers. What's with you and trailers, bro? You yeah, like... man. What is with you and trailers? You gotta stop. I with hate trailers. trailers, but I couldn't help it. I was watching the end of the first episode. It's like all of a sudden, it's like, hey, this is what's happening in this season. I'm like, I hate. This, oh, see, I, I turned gonna... it. I turned it off right then. <laughs> I avoided it. I, I need the spoiler for now. I'm gonna watch the trailer, Amir. <laughs> now you're making me want to go watch the trailer now. Yeah. Well, okay. So, well, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Or not really? I think I think we all really like the show. I know we. Always talk about stuff like we like. We don't really talk about stuff that we don't like, but... Yeah, I don't you know. know. No, it's good. I we, mean, uh, yeah. uh, and I'll say I was initially like, oh boy, like three hours, you know? Like, how's this going to flow? Is it going to be paced well? Like, am I going to have to trudge through three hours to talk about it on a podcast? But it wasn't a trudge at all. It flew by. It, was really, it flew by for me, yeah. Watching, really, really watching interesting it. and well-paced. And mm-hmm. uh, I like the acting, as I said. I like their little attention to detail with the little sort of uh, San Fran... Uh, slice of life stuff and um yeah. the little attention to detail in the scientific projects and whatnot so yeah like gorgeous cinematography production design so good giant creepy daughter statue yeah yep. sound design's great the little board cube magneto prison thing's great the character actors are awesome and i like that they released the first two episodes at once um i think it gives you a little more to chew on right i always mm-hmm. like these double premieres yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah, I'm, right. I'm definitely looking forward to the finishing of the series and keep this going. I, I noticed that it's, it's classified as a mini series rather than a regular yeah, series. Yeah, so, I'm not sure what it's going to be. Uh, yeah, because I was going to say, I think this is something where I'm probably going to enjoy as this kind of standalone, and I don't know if I'm going to need more of this after this is done. Yeah, no, I think it. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a. And I also think like big, heady sci fi stuff like this, they're live or die by the ending, right? So mm-hmm. we'll see. How this goes. Um, yeah. Alex Garland's usually been pretty good with the ending. Um, for Annihilation, I hated the ending when I first saw it, but I've come around to it a lot, I think. Yeah. Um, I wasn't. I mean, was just I some like super weird. I about the ending as much for Annihilation, but I still definitely think about the ending for Ex Machina, Machina a yeah, lot. Yeah. And I, I love the Ex Machina ending. Yeah, I love the ending of Ex Machina. That was, that yeah, was great. I really liked it too. Yeah, I think he's proven as uh, he can at least, you know, really delve in this kind of high concept uh, sci-fi and and really tell a thorough story. So I'm I'm really looking forward to the journey that we're going to go on for this series, and hopefully the ending is going to be as good as as what I'm expecting already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. The only thing I'd say I apologize for flubbing all the science. I should have explained all of that better. I just completely just. <laughs> I don't know. Very confused. Very confused right now. I guess. So. I'm <laughs> yes. It's okay. I'm still very confused. It's okay. Yeah, I don't. Well, I'm very confused either. too. <laughs> um, you know, we'll come back uh, next episode. We'll do a little uh, science primer yeah. before we get on to our next topic. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. If anyone out there 
knows better than any of us and can explain it and would like to write us an email. Should be literally any, anybody who knows anybody. anybody. Yeah. <laughs> know us. yeah. But uh, just to talk a little bit about the next couple of weeks of this podcast. Uh, so next week we are going to take a little bit of a break. We've been putting a lot of work into this podcast and trying to get out great episodes to you guys. So I think we're definitely going to take just a one week off also because it is, uh, you know, uh, the coronavirus or, or COVID-19 is, is definitely a, a very serious matter that we're all, Taken very seriously, all of us have kind of uh, self-quarantined as much as we can. And also that means we can't really go out to watch movies, right? It's, and, and all the movies are delayed. So we and can't a lot really of movies about... are definitely delayed. You know, next week we were going to do Quiet Place. That's been delayed. The week after that was supposed to be Mulan. That's been delayed. The, yeah, the week after that delayed. was New Mutants. And that's been delayed. So it's like in the foreseeable future, I think we're going to try to focus a little bit more on TV. You know, there's a lot of great TV coming out soon. Yeah. Um, Westworld is premiering, um, and then sorry, Jeff, what was the other show? On HBO? The other show premieres tomorrow, Monday, is The Plot Against America, yeah. which is another HBO show that's getting uh, a lot of good buzz. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, for us to talk about. Yeah, and w- worst comes to worst, we can do a bunch of virus movies, go back and watch Outbreak. Watch, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, seven, yeah, twelve yeah. monkeys, whatever. The- but then also, you know, we can like Amir's correct. You know, we can still tackle some movies and and things that are coming out on Netflix or Hulu or Prime or whatever. Um, or we can you know revisit some older movies. So we'll definitely have plenty of content out in the next couple of weeks. But just know that it's not going to be new releases because there really isn't going to be any new releases in theaters. That's okay. We could do like a coronavirus special. Um, outbreak. <laughs> contagion. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I just re- recently rewatched both of them. So pretty fresh in my mind. <laughs> okay. Is that movie 12 Monkeys? Is that is it also? It's, a, it's like the virus in that movie is like in the background. It's more of like a time travel movie with uh, Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. People want All zombie right. movies, sort of, you know, it's yeah. just an ap- apocalyptic thing. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll definitely figure out the next couple of weeks and we'll have great content for you guys in two weeks. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that will conclude this week's episode. Uh, Jeff, where can people find you? You can find me on my blog, uh, strangeharbors.com, and you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at strangeharbors. What about you guys? Um, check out my letterboxd. And Derek? Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd at the wrong day. Dick is spelled D-A-Y-I-K. And if you like this show, one of the easiest ways to support the show is to go on whatever uh, program or app you use to listen to podcasts, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts or uh, you know some of the other podcast platforms that allow you to review podcasts, please go ahead and give us a great review because that's just one of the easiest ways for us to get out some more people and really expand this podcast. All right. And uh, we always like some audience participation. So if you have any comments, suggestions, uh, questions, you can send us an email at info at strangeharbors.com. Um, yes. Yeah. So someone please email us and explain quantum mechanics. Yeah, email us about <laughs> quantum physics. Um, and uh, in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy. Social yes. distance yourselves. Yeah. Social distance. Absolutely. And, uh, Stop we'll touching see- your face. Yeah, stop touching your face, um, wash your hands, stop going to parties, <coughs> Jeffrey. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm definitely the 
person that's least following this advice. We're having <laughs> guests over in few minutes. So. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm Don't not gonna feel sorry when you catch coronavirus. <laughs> I, I gave you all the warnings I could, bro. Uh, yeah. No, it's hard, man. It's hard. It, it's hard. The thing I I think I struggle most is not touching my face. Like I. Yeah, that's really hard. Not touching your face. It's really hard for me not yeah. touching my face. Yeah. Um. But Amir, you're a doctor. Have you been dealing with any coronavirus stuff at the hospital or? Yeah, um, I'm just going to say our country's response has been wholly insufficient uh, from yeah. a government level right now. There's not enough testing. Yeah. I don't mean to scare anybody, but like there's not enough testing. No, let's scare and, people. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's bad right now. Widespread of the coronavirus is, all, is uh, inevitable. We just got to do everything we can to... Uh, you know, keep the numbers down, get the R0 under one and stop replication and, you know, yeah. drive the number of simultaneous cases down so we don't overwhelm our ICU system. I think that's, yeah. that's you know. Yeah. All right. Wow. Okay. On that note, yeah, see everybody in two weeks. Yeah. yeah. See you guys. Yeah. Those of you who are left. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys in two weeks. See you guys in two weeks. Bye.